0: Yo, yo, welcome. Welcome to the Millennials Podcast. My name is Meeks. You can find me at the young underscore pilgrim on Instagram. We're going to be discussing everything that implicates young people today. So thanks for joining and we hope that you enjoy welcome to the millennials podcast my name is meeks and you can find me at the young underscore pilgrim if this is your first time joining us welcome and i hope you enjoy the conversation we are about to embark on today so if you haven't checked out our previous episodes i invite you to do so we are on a fast track to kind of unveiling the externalization of the hierarchy which i will explain somewhat in this podcast so today i just want to get into this idea of kanye west as a motive for hollywood and the hip-hop industry spiritual exercises in other words we're going to look at how Hollywood operates on the dark side of the moon if we can use a term that was coined by Pink Floyd back in 1973 to understand what's happening behind the scenes in Hollywood and how it's influencing us on a day to day basis, because American culture is largely fashioned by Hollywood and celebrity culture. So by understanding how these celebrities are kind of operating, they're reflecting a portion of who we are in them because we give them so much energy that there's this kind of symbiotic back and forth of that energy in a way that's, for the most part, not prudent or progressive, but spiritually draining. And so in this episode, I'd like to get into some of the things that we've noticed with Kanye West, for example. Obviously. Kanye, for those who might not know, was dropped by Adidas after making somewhat of an inflammatory tweet that basically was denigrating the Jewish people as a whole because of their control over Hollywood his business and he was basically just calling them out and he didn't see it as being offensive. He was just making a judgment statement, a personal statement, which was blown out of proportion in some views. But also he made things worse for himself when he said that he can say anything about the Jews and he will not get dropped or injured by his endorsements, which turned out to be false. Uh, He was dropped the very next day by Adidas. And Dave Chappelle does a good job on SNL, showing how that kind of worked out to his disadvantage. In any event, Kanye is an interesting guy because we followed him through his career And he has this kind of up and down situation. Some may say he's bipolar, but he doesn't think so. He's just very high octane, right? Passionate about his craft and his multiple projects and his businesses. I mean, I would venture to say that Kanye West is highly intelligent and might be on some spectrum, but he's highly intelligent and is keenly aware about what he's doing most of the time. So... As we evaluate his kind of career here and his crash, let's give him some grace and let's try and see it from a perspective that maybe we don't have the inside view of. And he's somewhat trying to show us that inside view of the industry, which DMX is quoted saying on HBO some years ago, RIP DMX. Okay, so Kanye basically is kind of, I think, in Jaguar Wright's characterization of him, he's having bias remorse. It's kind of like when you get into a program and you don't necessarily know what it's all about, but you like the perks you get cars, you get flashy rings and chains and all this stuff. This is kind of like what people are attracted to going into into Hollywood and into the entertainment industry. And so Kanye was kind of drawn by that whole lifestyle. Clearly, he wants to be famous. He wants to be acknowledged. And to some extent, when you come from a situation where you don't get that much respect, often there's this kind of like intrinsic need to get validation from society, which seems to be what's happening with Kanye. So he ultimately became famous. And, you know, he's been quoted as saying he signed it deal with the devil, right? And that has been probably substantiated because he said in one of his rants that they, they took out his mom. And by they, it sounds like he's talking about the handlers, but it also seems to coincide with this deal that he signed apparently with the devil to become the man that he is. And so I think Jaguar, right, is onto something in regard to saying that he is having buyer's remorse and he's like, I need to get out of this deal. And he's having a hard time figuring out how to do that. And so they've kind of guided him across his career from, you know, his early albums, which were pretty profound, heartbeats and club bangers for a number of years. Like Kanye always had some interesting productions that drew attention to him outside of his drama, outside the the music scene. Right. So he was talented in terms of being a music producer doing h to the Izzo back in the day with with Jay-Z. But then he gets into this game via Jay-Z's appreciation and then finds out how dirty and dogged it is because, you know, he claims he has no friends in this latest rant that he He's speaking in Europe somewhere, maybe in Germany. He's saying that he's never really had any friends and all his so-called friends have tried to take advantage of him and even goes into this guy, Kuri, who did the whole genius documentary on him on Netflix and claims that in the final episode that Kuri basically screwed him over and tried to make him look wild. And so Kanye is looking for friends in the wrong place. Right. And he also said that Jay and Beyonce never showed up to his wedding like he felt some type of way like Jay-Z thought was his friend, like you brought me into the game. But he doesn't realize like these guys are maybe business partners and you guys will do negroes in paris and and sell a lot of records and then you don't hear from this guy after that so it's like yeah that was a good deal like adios until the next one and so he's having to reconcile with all these realities but it seems like it might be a little bit too late in the game and so he's having a spiritual awakening and trying to figure out how do i break away from this deal right and so you're seeing him spazzing out but he's doing it in a way that i think is smart because if you're going to bring attention to yourself you have to do it in a way that you have to kind of stand out so that you're not isolated and I think he realized after his divorce that he was getting isolated and it would be very easy for the powers that be to kind of knock him out and he's been paranoid but I think justifiably so in the past in the sense that he's saying you know he names a few people and says you guys are killers like basically saying he knows you guys have bodies and it seems like he hasn't gone to that extent right and so he he fears that there's this chance and after he kind of mentions guys like Virgil Abloh dying mysteriously it's like, how did he just die so fast? I wasn't even invited to the funeral. He seems to kind of recognize that there is this very dark side of the industry that is now peeking its head and heading towards his way. And so he, in the interview with with Nori, he said that he had to blow this thing up, right? He had to come out in a way that effectively caused everyone to stop and listen and to kind of take stock of what he's trying to do and say and speak up finally because of, you know, the injustice that is faced in the industry. Evidently, he's kind of finally saying, I want." Out of this deal, and it's going to be interesting to see if he can remove himself. My understanding is he has a record that's coming out soon here, but I'm not necessarily sure if that's an independent record or where he's going with it. I will say that this last rent that he had in uh, Europe, I'm not sure if it was in Germany, but but he was wearing you know the German gear, which by the way was super fresh. I think it was like the black German tracksuit, and he had the German Bundesliga like badge or logo. It looked really dope. And he's in the middle of this room, and he's just talking to all these people and keeping it very very honest with. Them. About what he thinks about the industry. And so, this one time, he says or goes into this idea of the hierarchy. And this is how you can tell like, he is actually trying to expose what he knows about the industry and its nefarious ways. And he goes into this idea of the hierarchy of Hollywood. And he starts by saying, First is God. And then underneath is, you know, these uh, Roman families that have existed for a long time. Maybe talk about the Medici dynasty. And then underneath them is the church, which is the Vatican. Basically, he, he exposes, which is legit, right? Because for those of us or you who are Bible scholars know the role that the Vatican and especially the Jesuits play in global economies and global history and global politics, they've been known to actually play a very significant role in all the above, including what is known commonly as Jesuit theater. So they heavily embedded in movies and in music and therefore Kanye West is telling us that dude like I know like the Vatican is actually behind this and now that we have you know a pope that is a Jesuit there's significant concern that you know everything has kind of come to a head here because then now you have two black popes rather than just one and that indicates that there's been a complete takeover of Catholicism and you know there's always been a battle in Catholicism in terms of the conservatives since the second Vatican council in the 1960s with John Paul 23 there's always been this push and pull between you know, the Vatican and the traditionalists, the cardinals who actually want to uphold, you know, the traditional values of abortion, for example, was not a good thing. It was definitely not endorsed by the church. Right. But other forms and aspects or places within the hierarchy were promoting it. And that's a whole nother story that we can go into later. But be it as it may, Kanye is identifying some of these major players in the industry. And then, of course, he goes into this idea of like there's the Jewish handlers in Hollywood that basically are the ones determining how things should operate on a day to day basis. And this is pretty well known in regard to that secret meeting where they decided to effectively promulgate hip-hop music that was very negative and that's where we have gangster music and they said this is kind of how we'll forecast the number of prisons we should build based on the violence be underwritten by this gangster music. We know all of that and so Kanye is reiterating these things in a new context for us to understand and some of us are picking it up but a lot of us can't see like this spiritual battle that's happening directly with him but within Hollywood as a whole. I mean there's all these scandals that are finally starting to come out with you know Diddy and the sexual assault accusations those things have been happening and are finally starting to kind of rear their head on the black side of things in other words there were always like handlers were Caucasian like white handlers who behind the scenes were driving rock and roll and the punk movement and the art movement and the movies but now we're seeing it on on this side of the black entertainment system and it's unfortunate that it's happening in real time and we're seeing some people getting decimated of which one of them is P Diddy Uh, we recently saw R. Kelly who took a hit. And so Kanye is looking at these things and he's saying, OK, we're definitely getting attacked and I have to take cover. But my only cover can be saying the truth and letting people in the public know what's going on because his greatest support is the public. So he's using us as an alibi. And I think it's interesting that he's doing this now because, again, things are coming to a head. Even Oprah is being called to task, for example. So with Oprah Winfrey, she produced a new Color Purple movie. And the idea is that the main actress there was was not getting paid. So she was not getting paid enough for the role. Taraji P. Henson was not getting paid by the richest black woman in Hollywood and in the world, really. So therein lies another issue that we can kind of identify as problematic in the black music industry and overall entertainment industry. And yeah, it was sad to see Taraji on the interview like pretty much in tears saying, you know, I've put in so much work in this in this field of of acting and to be disrespected in terms of how much she's going to make for this film, which is a classic film and everybody wants to see it because of the history that, you know, the color purple has in telling a certain American story, particularly an African-American story. And so, yeah, she complains how she's not getting paid. And you see her in another scene, I think at the premiere of the film, taking a picture with Oprah and she and Oprah have the most awkward body language, because of course you're like, oh, you're supposed to be looking out for me. Like what's happening? What's happening to the sisterhood? And if you understand how, again, like Hollywood works behind the scenes, there's, there's a lot of hand holding. There's a lot of kind of blocking people from success because you don't want them to outshine you. There's a lot of that kind of stuff going on. And, you know, I would think somebody a sees as Taraji would know, know how the game is played. Why wouldn't you just say, I'm not taking part in this film? At some point, you have to stand up and kind of be definitive about what you're value is. And I don't think that know who the person is, even if it's Oprah Winfrey. You have to be assertive and say, you know, I would really like to play this role, but, you know, you have to respect me in terms of compensation. And some people might think it's difficult to do that because these handlers have so much leverage. It might be the fact or the case that Taraji might have a difficult time finding work after that. And Monique, the comedian, has told us as much that she was basically blacklisted. And by the way, she got paid pennies for a movie, which I think was Oscar nominated back in the day. And she was an amazing. Actress in that movie. So you have to consider these things. And just going back to Oprah, it's funny that I don't know if it's funny, but it's interesting to even notice now that she was giving a talk the other day to a group of people and some of the most random things are starting to happen, right? And so she's giving a talk in front of this huge crowd. She's on stage and it's kind of dark, but the camera is panning on her speaking. And then somebody took video and kind of zoomed in behind her and noticed, you know, some red eyes in the cut or something as she was giving the speech. And a few seconds later, Later, she gets knocked over her head and falls on stage by what seems to be like an invisible entity it's like she just got pushed over and fell on stage and she basically picks up herself and says you know something about her shoes or something like you can't wear these kind of shoes to these events or something to that effect you know some somebody might chalk that off as being you know random yes people do fall down and we've seen it in various incidences and including models and that sort of thing but you have to see this video um I encourage you to go look it up if they still have it up somewhere um perhaps on tiktok and she literally just looks like she was knocked over and again there is a spiritual aspect of what's happening in hollywood that's coming to fruition which i Called the externalization of the hierarchy, which in effect is the spirits that these guys have kind of hearkened to for support and for guidance and for their wealth and their fame. Those spirits are finally coming back home to roost. They're coming back for, for you know, their part of the deal. And I'm not sure what kind of deals these folks made, but what we're seeing now is a level of evil happenstances that is unprecedented. And so you have to put it into a context of what's going on in the world. The world has generally become a more evil place. And there's people who are doing very evil things and of course they are good people in those industries one of which is my guy who got uh, unfortunately divorced to megan good devon franklin like that's a good guy in hollywood who's trying to do the right thing but it's very difficult as you can see he he got divorced to megan after they'd been together for a very long time they ultimately didn't have kids and that might be part of the issue maybe megan was uh not amenable to having children and and devon was but so you're gonna find some some people who actually are faithful and shout out to devon He was actually on Oprah Winfrey years back and he was talking about his faith and his religion. And, you know, he came up and talked about, you know, keeping the Sabbath and what that meant to him. And Oprah interviews all these kind of gurus who believe in a whole range of Eastern mysticism and weird ideas. And, you know, we take that the black communities fed that stuff and we're told, yeah, take this and replace it with your Judeo-Christian beliefs, which is problematic because the beliefs that our parents gave us actually are the beliefs we should be carrying on because they actually benefited them. And I think if we continue on the same path with all the opportunities that are open to us now that perhaps our parents didn't have, we should be doing much better than we are as a community. But given this infiltration and this, you know, hit with a various number of targeting by, you know, agencies with and without the government and within our community, it's very difficult to to advance the cause. And so Kanye is kind of like that Chicago Black Panther mindset that he has. I think he has some Panther roots and he has those kind of values and he definitely has those religious Christian values as well. And so he's been grappling with these things for, for a time. I mean, he, he created a full Christian album, which was which was dope. I wouldn't necessarily go into the, the ideas that I have about that in terms of where he was leading us with those spiritual songs like Chick-fil-A closed on Sunday. But I will say that he does have this interesting connection with his roots. And because he's not fully jeopardized his belief system or maybe he hasn't, that's why we're seeing him spazzing out. He's trying to figure out a way to get out of this situation. And so I encourage you guys to keep him to keep him in your prayers because he's dealing with things beyond his physical abilities to battle against. Right. These are spiritual, spiritual games and spiritual warfare, as like we're told in the book of Ephesians. And that leads me to this book and movie, The Book of Clarence, which just dropped a few days ago by his former protege, uh, Jay Z, who executive produced it. And here is another way that Hollywood tries to impose their ideas upon the masses subtly. And in this case, they're using humor and making fun of Christianity And denigrating Christianity and saying that basically there's a God within you and you can appropriate Christ consciousness and you don't necessarily need to go to Christ who's the mediator. And again, Jay-Z has been known to say that life starts when church ends, right? Like Jesus can't save you. That's that's a song I think in uh, the song with Rihanna. Jesus can't save you, life starts when church ends. Something to that effect, right? So this movie, Book of Clarence, is building upon this idea and really promoting it to the to the masses, the black people, and saying, guys, you are a divine within your own human self and nature. You have the ability to be divine. And this is that whole five percenter ideology that comes out of the Nation of Islam, which is Elijah Muhammad's group, which was implicated in the murder of Malcolm X. And these are the folks who apparently had knowledge and were given this knowledge or learned this knowledge to mathematics and science. And they are the arbiters of who should receive it. And they're trying to share it with us. And In order to get to the highest level of this ideology, you know, you have to go through stages and go up the different levels, which, if you ask me, sounds very similar to masonry type of masonry. Right. Because masonry was kind of incorporated in all different cultures. Mm across the world. You can go to Egypt, Africa, anywhere in the world there's a level of masonry as this way of a hierarchical system that apparently is leading you towards the full knowledge of all things. And so these guys are promoting this idea in that movie and you know the director who by the way is Seal's brother apparently James Samuel says that this movie isn't about Christ. It's effectively about the Christ in you. You are like Christ. You are have the propensity to be God and that's from the Christian perspective is blasphemous because we know that if we can't impede or stop our death by definition that means that we're not a divine creature that's just simple mathematics since that's kind of like their mo but this is what they're promoting and trying to make light of this whole idea of christianity and this is a major flaw because a lot of people are being drawn into this whole idea of, you know, peace to the gods. I see the God in you, you see the God in me. And even Christians are kind of appropriating this language into their music. I mean, if you think about that Mary Mary song, it's kind of like saying the same thing. It's like, I see the God in you. You see the God in me. It's the God in me. Right. It's that same language and it's very subtle, but it's really trying to make a larger case about our divinity and our relationship with God and Jesus Christ. And we've heard Kirk Franklin even make some very controversial statements about this. You know, the lion and the lamb and the beast and how that the lamb will bow down the beast, which is a reversal of what the Bible says, because the lamb is Jesus Christ. And ultimately, the lamb is the one that gets sacrificed for the cause of humanity, but also is resurrected and becomes the savior and is actually worshipped by the beast and all of humanity in the grand scheme of things. But, you know, in Gnosticism, they switch things around where good is evil and evil is good. So you have to be very careful about that. And so we're seeing this five percent ideology coming through this movie. And we're also seeing traces of it in the Jewish space known as Kabbalah. It's kind of the same language, this divinity within you. We see it also in other Eastern traditions. And, you know, yoga is trying to get you to the point of Nirvana. All these traditions are trying to kind of get to salvation or get to this point of enlightenment by their own works, which in reality and biblically speaking is just not possible because our works are like filthy rags, the Bible says. And even Solomon, who tried the wisest man that ever lived, he tried in his own works to appropriate these material things to give him the happiness and the contentment that he thought he could get by his own strength. And it was to Novell, he said all of these things are vanity. And yet Hollywood and these folks are trying to kind of promote these ideas. And they're getting the help from government agencies who are basically, there's a bunch of plants in the industry who are being used to set up people in various situations as well as to also promote this way of doing business and these ideologies. And ultimately what they're trying to do is prepare us for this great deception that's about to come upon the world. There's this huge great reset that they are preparing us for and they want us to be spiritually ready for false Christ that they want us to kind of embrace when that time comes. And so these are just steps in, in terms of preparing us and maturing our brains to kind of accept these things now and using these famous people in Hollywood to do that for them. And so Kanye West is a very interesting guy. And I thought I'd come out here and just talk about what I've noticed about him in the last few weeks and months. And we shouldn't discount him as being crazy. That's the most useless term I would use for a guy like Kanye West. He's very well aware of what he's doing. And if you listen in between the lines, you might get a sense of the struggles that he has to overcome. And so let's give him as well as all the people that have mentioned here some grace, because we don't know what conditions led them to where they are. But we know that they were are not necessarily kosher so by their works is kind of like what we have to determine if they're the right type of person to support and to follow so just be cautious about who you follow like you can check them out but just have an open mind and understand that these guys have a way of delivering messages that might not might not conform to your ways of looking at the world or the biblical way of looking at the world therefore wrapping this up i encourage you to give kanye a chance let's revisit what is going on with him and most certainly let's keep him in our prayers and also encourage you to go back and see What are some of the things in your life that you need to kind of tighten up and spiritually make yourself ready or at least have some firm understanding of your spiritual life and what you're called to to be in this world as a human, as a spiritual human being, as a Christian, in my opinion, human. What is your calling? And make that election sure. You know, if you if you have any questions or you have any thoughts, I'd be happy to hear them. You can leave your comments down in the text box below. But I hope this has been helpful and I look forward to having future conversations about Kanye West in Hollywood. But until next time adios cabron yo yo welcome welcome to the millennials podcast my name is meeks you can find me at the young underscore pilgrim on instagram we're going to be discussing everything that implicates young people today so thanks for joining and we hope that you enjoy